Hi guys, what's up? It's Coach Allie bringing you this week's episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. This week, we're going to talk about Practice Makes Permanent, continuing on in our Habits series. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Powerhouse Podcast, hosted by expert coaches Megan Swanson-Rhodes, former Miss Nebraska and Miss Nebraska USA, and Ali Swanson-Mancuso, also former Miss Nebraska and Mrs. Nebraska United States. Every Tuesday, we bring you a life-changing, challenging, and activating episode to help high-achieving women win their pageants, massively transform their mindsets, and dominate all aspects of life, both inside and outside of pageantry. Allie and Megan are international coaches of high-achieving women in all 50 states and beyond, and live to see women conquer their dreams. If you are not already a part of our Powerhouse Club, Join the fastest growing group of winning pageant queens on the planet, linked in the show notes each week. Now, let's get on to this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 186 of the Powerhouse Podcast. I am Coach Allie, and today we are going to be talking about practice makes permanent. Yes, you heard me right. Practice makes permanent, not practice makes perfect. A lot of people throw out the phrase practice makes perfect and I vehemently disagree with that sentence and we're going to unpack that a little bit today because I believe practice makes permanent. Yes, permanent, not perfect. That's a great tongue twister if you're looking for a brain exercise today. But when I was an athlete back in college, I've talked about my story many times on this podcast, but I was a two-time All-American basketball player in college. And to be honest, I practiced the same behaviors as when I competed for in pageants, right? You might be thinking, Allie, what the heck? Like you didn't shoot free throws when you were <laughs> competing for Miss Nebraska or Mrs. United States. You don't make baskets. You don't play defense in pageantry. Well, I'm going to argue that you actually do, and it's just in a different lens. And that lens is your habits, that your habits matter. How you practice matters. The fact that you need to have a goal and be mission-minded when you're practicing matters, okay? It's so true that through the practice of repetition, anything can become a success, you might be like, how do you quantify success? What do you mean anything can, can become success? Well, repetition is the key. Taking action is the key. Obsessing over your habits is the key. Maybe not obsessing, maybe that's a strong word, but not being afraid to take action, okay? I've certainly found this to be the case in my own life when I was playing basketball, which is why I want to start here today. When I was able to execute at a very high level, now I was not an Olympian, right? But I still achieved in the realm of sports at a very high level. How was I able to do that? There's a certain number of hours that it took for me to get to that point in my skill level. There's a certain level of dedication. There's a certain mindset that's attached to it that says, I'm going to win at all costs. I'm going to succeed at all costs. And What I found when I shifted into pageantry was that that mindset was foreign to this industry from a lot of people, except for those that were actually winning. And I think I noticed this for the first time when I competed at my first local, and honestly, maybe even when Megan won Miss Nebraska the very first time around. She was so green. She was so fresh. She was so new that she honestly didn't know how to be bad. She just knew how to be Megan. And, but she had practiced 
honing in her own identity and and honing in who she was, which is why she was so successful and which is why I had success as well at a local level, then state level, and now even placing top five last year at Mrs. United States. And I know that it's from this concept. Practice makes permanent. I get asked a lot, how do I prepare? Allie, how do I know that what I'm doing has value? What do I know that, or how do I know that the action that I'm taking in my life is actually the action I should be taking to get me towards where I need to go? And luckily, this series that we've been in right now for the podcast has been about habits. Last week, we talked about having a pageant planner and the importance of organization, having something that organizes your thoughts, that is trackable, that you know, okay, if I take these action steps, I know that I am making progress. Having something like that in your life is so, so, so important because if you don't know how you're tracking your action, how can you assess your progress, right? And really as we're breaking down habits in this series, which is which is the purpose of this month, it's important to come back to this concept. And, and there's a reason why I'm finishing this month out with this topic, Practice Makes Permanent. I know that over my athletic career, I heard all the time, practice makes perfect, practice makes perfect. And I I don't agree with that. I don't believe that anybody ever achieves a state of perfection, if I'm being dead honest with you. Even Olympians, which I've done a podcast a couple weeks back on that too, how, how Olympians achieve at a high level, they aren't perfect. They make mistakes. They are, they're flawed. They might be smaller flaws and they know how to bounce back quickly and adapt to them, but the shift from perfect to permanent comes in their practice. And what do I mean by that? Well, your habits that you implement in your life create your routines. It creates your skill level. It creates your knowledge base. And if you're sitting in this seat, listening to this podcast or watching our YouTube channel, and you're wanting to get better, right? You're wanting to assess the action that you're taking in your life and feeling like you're either confused or you're taking the wrong action, or maybe you're just afraid to take action and take the first step because you're in this lane of self-doubt where you don't know if what you're going to take next, the next step you're going to take is actually worth it or, or if achieving this goal is worth it, okay? So I have a couple questions to start that I want you to ask yourself before I dive into this. And do you understand the the what, the why, the how behind your goal of why you want it to come true? Maybe that's pageantry, maybe that's winning a state title, maybe that's not, maybe that's winning a national title, maybe that's getting your next career, maybe that's getting engaged, maybe that's whatever that thing is. What are you doing in your life to understand why you want that goal? Like, do you fully understand why you want that goal? Is it a healthy goal to have? Is the goal for you, for others, for what benefit? What's your motivation for your success? Is it your mission, your purpose, your impact you're going to have on other people? Or is it a selfish motivation? How are you going to practice for the permanence that's going to come out of your habits? Okay, we all take action in our lives daily, most of us take distracted action. Most of us take um, inefficient action in our life. And I know I could talk about this topic till I'm blue in the face, but really assess your last even 24 hours, 48 hours. 
How often did you get distracted? How often did you scroll social media, turn on a streaming service, look at your phone, play a game, play video games, get distracted by something around the house when you were trying to go to the kitchen to cook something or get a snack or drink water or heck, go to the bathroom and then you shiny object moment you decided to do something else or, you know, you, your body decided to do something else. And you're like, oh, I need to fold laundry in this moment, even though you were walking up to go to the bathroom and then you kill an hour. Like if you work from home, you, you might know what I mean. But those are all habits. Those are all things that you do in your life. And maybe some of those are recurring things that you need to be able to identify. And it's created a permanence in your life that might not serve you. And so when we're talking about this topic in the context of preparing for a pageant or even taking the pageant lens off of it, preparing for a goal or achieving something big in your life, that's why assessing your habits is so important because most of what we do isn't self-serving. It isn't serving the goal that we actually want to have in our life. It's, it's not serving in a purposeful manner. Okay, it's just created this level of permanence because we've done it that way our whole life. But just because you've done it that way your whole life doesn't mean it's healthy, doesn't mean it's efficient by any means, doesn't mean it'll help you progress, doesn't help doesn't mean it'll help you grow as a human being. And that shift in your mindset is something really important to grasp. And not a lot of people do. A lot of times when people grasp that, they might be introduced to it in a business context of Oh, I need you to grow on a team or be a better team member. Let's analyze your efficiency. But that's not in 24 hours. It's in your eight-hour workday or, or whatever it is, right? So this is why we talk about strategies like time chunking and assessing your calendar and getting the planner so you can write everything down and really have trackable metrics for what you are doing, what action you are taking in your life, right? So on that foundational principle, when you do an audit of your day-to-day tasks, of your habits, you're able to see, am I healthy? Am I not healthy? What habits are permanent? And are those habits, again, healthy or not healthy? Because practice, so practicing something, otherwise known as taking action, you're building up your skills, you're building up your knowledge base every time you do something, okay? You're creating a new habit, which might be there might be a learning curve to that. There might be struggle. There might be frustration, which is a beautiful thing. It can be beautiful when you push through that and actually overcome on the other side. But while I was prepping for this podcast, I actually was reading and watching watching a TED Talk. And um, there was a study in like 2007, I think it was, out of Florida State. And um, a guy basically said, this, this scientist, researcher, Kay Anders Erickson, I think his name is, um, said that in order to be skilled at something new, his research said that you have to put forth 10,000 hours to become an expert in something. 10,000 hours. And so in the middle, you know, 2007-ish era, like over the next five years, you saw this verbiage trickle into businesses. You saw this verbiage trickle into the entrepreneurial space and everything was about 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours. And it created this false sense of grinding and it created a burnout. And and if you look, actually look at his study, 
who did he study? He studied expert level performance, meaning professional athletes, world-class musicians, grand masters of chess. So people who are excelling at a very, very, very high rate, not just people who are skilled at something. Okay. There's a reason why I'm bringing up this, this research here. So the guy that was doing this TED talk was referencing this study and the results of this study, basically saying that it become, or it, the study was that it took 10,000 hours to become an expert of something, which turned into when they were playing telephone and people were trying to identify the study and, and talk about the study to other people and it translated to businesses and et cetera. 10,000 hours to become an expert came or turned into 10,000 hours to be good at something, which turned into 10,000 hours to learn something. And that's not true, okay? It doesn't take you that long to learn a new skill. It doesn't, and I'm gonna prove it to you. And I'm trying to unpack the, the notion that prepping for a pageant can be daunting, that you need hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Now, don't mishear me before I'm continuing on here. I'm not saying you don't need to get your butt in the gym and work out. I'm not saying that you don't need to practice your walking pattern. I'm not saying that you don't need to practice your interview. That's not what I'm saying at all. But there's a level of it that you sprint for a short period of time and really be committed to the learning process and an efficiency will come with it. And I'm going to prove that here in a second. Okay, so we like to quantify things through time as human beings. I do this a lot with clients when we're preparing a pageant prep plan for you. That was a lot of P's in one sentence. Um, If you have a fitness plan, we'll say, okay, how far out are you? We'll do math. How many pounds a week do you need to lose or whatever your metric is? Um, If we need to assess your talent or your interview, I'll use time a lot of times for your deadlines, right? That's something very easy for humans to understand. Well, if you look at this study, and the growth curve of analyzing your time and the the 10,000 hours in competency level, right, or s- expert level being achieved, it, it looks like the the normal the normal curve, right? So top at the top at the top, and then it kind of goes down and then trickles off. That's a very common common curve in scientific data. Okay, if you flip that curve, and you're talking now about going from being grossly incompetent to skilled. And this guy, this new researcher that I'm referencing that was giving the TED Talk was trying to debunk the 10,000 hour rule of learning something. And his whole thing was 20 hours. You need 20 hours of devoted time to really learn a new skill. Now, not be an expert in something, but learn a new skill and be competent in it. Getting over the incompetence and feeling good about a new hobby, a new skill, something that you want to try. 20 hours, right? That's a huge difference from 10,000 hours, 20. So think about all the things in your life that you want to do, even outside of pageant prep. Learn a new language, learn an instrument, right? All these things. Is 20 hours more feasible in your brain than 10,000, right? Some of you listening might have young kids or you might have a big career and you might be thinking, I literally only have two hours a day to devote to anything extra. One of those I spend at the gym and the other one I just do nothing. Okay, let's start from step one a couple podcasts ago and time chunk your day. Where do you actually have time? How much extra time do you need? Where are you you know, dropping the ball with distractions? Start there and then go into this training. But 
what he found is 20 hours is the magic number, which is about 45 minutes a day, give or take, in a month, okay? Again, chunking it down. Do you think you could implement that? Maybe 45 minutes a day to something that you really, really wanted to learn? And I'm talking efficiency here. So one month, 45 minutes a day, devoted to pageant prep to really grow your skill. Do you think you could do that? To grow to a level, to get over incompetence in a certain area, to become skilled in a certain area? Yeah, I think you could. If you really limited distractions, cut out the one Netflix show that you watch before bed and instead you read a book, you watched a, a training video in, in our academy, right? Or you practice something, you could do it, okay? And this guy's whole shtick was that there's four, four points. In step one, you deconstruct the skill. So what do you want to be able to do when you're done? You got to be able to quantify that. So in pageantry, what is the end result? You got to know what that is. Then break it down into smaller and smaller pieces. Most of the things we view as skills are actually a combination of multiple skills. So if you practice the most important things first, you can improve quicker. So if you kind of bite the bullet early, so to speak, using that metaphor, What's the hardest thing that's the biggest hurdle in you achieving what you want, in you um, meeting that goal or doing the thing that you told yourself you're going to do? If you practice that skill first and you have that understanding and you get through that frustration and you understand it, you're really setting yourself up for success because the easier things are coming later. Okay. Number two is learn enough to self-correct. And a lot of people try and do this step first. So I get a bunch of books. I'm not going to take action until I've read all 20 books. And no, it's a way of procrastinating, to be honest. I'll give you an example of our own, our own clientele. Um, we don't have a lot of people who do this, but this would just be an example that fits this this framework. So if you're a type of person who is constantly in learning mode where all you do is watch videos and you learn and you learn and you learn, but you don't do, you don't actually implement it into your pageant prep, you are stuck in this phase. And you're not actually going to be skilled in the area because you are stuck in that phase. Okay. You have to deconstruct the skill first, know what you need to work on. That includes knowing what you need to learn and knowing how you need to implement it. So what you need to physically do, how are you taking action? And learn that enough to self-correct when you get to that point, which means having that level of awareness to know, okay, I'm bad at this. I need to practice it. Okay, I need to get off my butt and actually do, put it into action, okay? Then number three, remove barriers to practice. So distractions, TV, social media, your phone, etc. You are more likely to be 100% present and understand and comprehend during that 45 minutes when you actually sit down and practice without distractions. Think about it. If I'm trying to read a book and every five minutes I hear ding, 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 it's gonna, every time, divert my attention to that ding. If my computer notifications are on, if my cell phone is even vibrating and I have it with me, I can't help it but just look and it diverts my attention. That's taking seconds, minutes off of my focus and it takes me the same amount of time to refocus in again to what I was talking about let alone, you know, if you actually get distracted, pick up your phone, text somebody back. It takes your brain several minutes to re-engage. And a lot of us just keep going with the distraction and don't actually focus again on what we're talking about. So it's really important to remove barriers to practice. Then number four is practice for at least 20 hours. 
okay? And that might sound like a, a really simple framework, the four steps and the 20 hours, to be honest. I'm not counting even your experience in a pageant or, or whatever your metric is. I'm talking about you practicing by yourself, doing the grunt work, learning something you didn't know before, taking action. Think in the future if you take that action of 20 hours, how you're going to feel, how your habits will then be permanent, how it won't feel like you're reacting to things that happen to you, but it becomes a second nature because you're actually skilled and you're speaking from a place of knowledge and experience rather than hopeful, wishful thinking of just trying to blend in and do your best even though you're incompetent in certain areas. Okay. And that's a, that's an honest conversation that some of us need to have with ourselves, to be honest. Okay. Most skills have the incompetency frustration barrier early on because it's the the feeling of daunting. You're, you're like, oh my gosh, I could never do this. How does somebody understand this? I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. But once you have those foundations, it's like building a house. It's like learning my basketball skills. I had to learn how to dribble and pass and not travel with the basketball in order to be able to function in a play on my team, right? There's five people on the basketball floor, well, 10, but five from my team. If I don't know how to pass, shoot, dribble, I can't function in a play that my coach has for me. I can't play my role on the team because I am the bottleneck, right? Again, sports context actually translates to pageantry. You don't have a team of five people, but you might be your own bottleneck because you haven't learned how to dribble, so to speak. You haven't learned how to pass. In pageant context, you haven't learned how to walk. You haven't really mastered your communication skills. And that's the bottleneck that's causing you not to win. And you need to learn that skill. So are you taking the time to actually invest in yourself to grow that skill and ability and knowledge? If you're not, That's why we're setting ourselves up for failure and we just say, oh, shoot from moon, land on the stars, whatever that saying is. I just hope that I win. It's wishful thinking. And we're not actually setting ourselves up for success, okay? Feeling stupid is actually a barrier of us actually doing the work. Feeling stupid is something that prevents people from taking action because when they initially start in a process, it's daunting. It's scary. It's a it's a bad feeling of, oh my gosh, I feel like an idiot. It causes people to retreat internally. If you can get through that and stick with it through the frustration, you will gain momentum and eventually learn something you didn't know before, which is an amazing feeling. So the first few hours, you need to identify the tools you need to succeed. What tools do you even need to start practicing, which is where I started with this podcast. So your your habits, your distractions, your your pageant planner that we talked about last week. What are those tools that you need to surround yourself with? Not stuck in the point two learning mode, right? We need to know how to self-correct. I'm not only obsessed with education where I'm not taking action, but there are tools around you that you need to succeed. Do you understand what that is? Okay. And in a nutshell, guys, the more time you spend, the better you get. That's a basic principle. So maybe you've heard the 10,000 hour rule, maybe you've heard the 20 hour rule, or maybe you disagree with both of those (laughs) in some form or fashion. But I hope from this, you've picked up on the importance of understanding where you're at, having a framework to take action moving forward, and pushing through the incompetency or frustrating barrier where you're in self-doubt, you're feeling stupid, 
You know, you're like, I feel like an idiot, but I know I need to do this. A lot of people don't get past that mental block and you can. As your coach, I'm telling you that you can. I did, it transformed my life. Megan did, it transformed her life. And even taking that outside of pageantry, I'm not telling you to be stupid like in different situations. I'm not telling you that. But when you are honing in a skill, you have to break that barrier and push past it to actually get good at something. If I would have stayed in my middle school level of basketball ability where I didn't know how to dribble with my left hand, I'm right-handed. And if you've ever played basketball, you have to be able to dribble with both hands. If you only know how to dribble with one side, it becomes a crutch and defense can force you towards your non-dominant hand and you're a weaker player. A lot of times we try to hide where we're weak and hope that people don't see it, they don't realize that we have it, rather than strengthening that weakness and being honest with ourselves, I can't dribble with my left hand. Maybe that for you in pageantry is my walk is terrible, (laughs) right? Whatever that honest conversation is, are you taking action to fix it? Otherwise, it's just wishful thinking, okay? And coming back to our topic of this whole thing, practice makes permanent. When you're taking that action, you are practicing, right? You're not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect every single time. We're not making you out to be a robot, but it does make permanent. And using the 20-hour rule, an example of that is you're creating permanence in your life because just like you learned English, your, your colloquialisms of how you say things, what you do, how you do your routines throughout the day. Those are all permanent, or I'm using air quotes for my podcasters, semi-permanent things just based off of your routines and your action steps that you've grown accustomed to. So you can create a new permanence in your life, a new standard, and you can learn a new skill. You can achieve at a high level. It takes that personal assessment. It, It takes taking action, taking stock at where you're at, which is why Talking about habits are so important and why I love it so much. So hopefully you guys got some fun stuff out of this podcast. Hopefully you were writing things down. You can always listen to this twice if you want to go over those theories again. But if you honestly need help with taking action in your life, the best place to do it is to join the Powerhouse Club. And I know we talk about this a lot on our podcast, but there's a reason why we're community-based in our coaching because To be honest, there's only so much I can give you. There's only so much Megan can give you. And learning how to benefit each other in a community and and be accountable and encourage each other to take action and remember some of these principles is so, so, so important. So I'll talk about it here in a second in in our closing little spiel. But if you need that accountability, you want to take action, reach out to us, DM us on Instagram, go to our website, you know, reach out to us in any any capacity really and we'll respond to you. We're, we're in the business of helping you guys have strong mindsets, crush your pageants and just be healthy individuals. And any opportunity that I have to help you grow in that area and help encourage you, I just absolutely take advantage of and love and, and want to support you guys. So I love talking about this topic. Hope this was helpful today and I will see all of you next week. Hey guys, what's up? It's Coach Allie. Guess what? You are listening to this podcast on the back half of our winter mastermind. We just had it a couple weeks ago. And if you are like, dang it, I missed it. Well, guess what? We have another opportunity for you for our live upcoming mastermind event. It is May 12th through 14th, that weekend here in Omaha, Nebraska. You might be like, what the heck is in Omaha? Listen, Omaha is a gem of the Midwest. And even if you don't like where it's at, it's an opportunity to meet women all across the country, challenge yourself, grow, and really push 
polish right before your upcoming pageant. Go to mastermind.powerhousepageantry.com for more information. Again, that's mastermind.powerhousepageantry.com. We would love to have you. We have limited spots for this upcoming mastermind, and I think we only have 15 or so left. So be a woman that takes action. Go to mastermind.powerhousepageantry.com. Secure your spot today. Hey guys, it's Coach Allie. Thank you so much for listening to the Powerhouse Podcast. Megan and I absolutely love our listener base and we couldn't do what we do without you guys. If you stayed all the way till this part of the podcast, there's a couple things that I wanna make sure that you know. We are constantly updating our resources to be the latest, greatest trainings and stay really up to date with trends. So if you want to figure out how to save $700 overall on pageant coaching, we have a service called the Powerhouse Club among some other things. And to be honest, it is the best coaching in the world. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but we have the best community with amazing women from every single state in the United States in our community. And we just love pouring into you guys. So if you want to figure out how to save $700 overall, like I said, be a part of the best coaching service in the world, click the link below. We would love to assist you. See you next week, guys.